testing. One, two, three. Good. Testing. Let me test my voice now. No oh, clipping. We're you're good. You're a little louder. No, we're, well, I'm louder because I have a deeper voice. Do we have to not talk over each other? We can talk over each oh other. Oh my God, I don't know what to do. <laughs> that was good. Hey, it's Lisa from Man Money Monster. I'm here with Mr. Man Money Monster, and we're back for another episode of the Man Money Monster Show. Today, we're going to talk about debt, and specifically, feeling fabulous about yourself, even if you're deep in debt. I've been deep in debt, and I don't think I really felt so fabulous about myself, but I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah? <laughs> well, that's that's good. Um, can, I, can I interject? Please do. I think what you're trying to say is is that pretty much the entire nation or at least a majority of the nation has some kind of debt and there should be no shame attached to it, especially if you're making inroads to try to alleviate that debt. Right. I mean, there are three three takeaways, right, that I want to hit on today. Like one, you're not alone, right? How many of us have been in debt and have put it behind us one way or another and moved on and just created a, a foundation for the future that is that is stronger than ever, right? Yeah. And two, your net worth is not the same as your self-worth. So if you're looking at your net worth and you have a negative net worth and you have consumer debt and you have all these things that you feel are just, you know, on top of your shoulders, it's not the end of the world. You can ch- turn it around. Uh, so don't feel hopeless about the situation. You agree? Well, of course I agree. <laughs> and why, th- why wouldn't wait, I agree? Well, you're just kind of being a little quiet today. But <laughs> And the third point is you're here, right? So you're listening to our podcast and you're ready to change your financial future and you're ready to climb your way out of debt. And those are three points that I really want to drive home because... A lot of people don't even make it this far. Well, can I add something? Yes. A, a lot of these things that I see and, and I listen to about finances and debt and getting out of debt, and you hear those radio things about, oh, are you, are you so much in credit card debt? We can fix this. We can do that. It's not a quick fix. And, and I'm saying that from the point of view of somebody who's been deep into debt. However, when you are working at it, it is a steady uphill climb that eventually you do get out of the hole. So yes, there is an end in sight to it. It's not so you're so far down, you're never getting out. However, it's not a you know snap of the fingers and suddenly you're out of debt. You make a phone call and you're out of debt. It doesn't work that way. It's the old adage that even my grandmother and other people used to say, and that is, you know, it didn't take you overnight to dig this hole and you're not getting out of that hole overnight as well. Right, exactly. So we're together and we're we're pretty solid now, but even when we met and before we got married, we still had some credit card debt. We still had student loan debt. We still had car car loans and we had to make a plan and we had to commit to getting rid of that debt and building wealth and building a new life for ourselves. Well, yeah, and and that doesn't even count the deep debt that I was in or I've had friends that everybody has friends that they can use as an example for something. But I've had a couple where, I mean, the debt was absolutely crushing 
And one of them just kept heaping it on almost out of spite. Like, well, I'm already down. Might as well just go all the way with it. That's a point I want to touch on because I know, look, I've cycled in and out of credit card debt, especially uh, since I was a young adult, since I was, you know, in college, I've, I've racked up credit card bills and then I'd pay them down to zero and then I'd rack them up again and I'd pay them down to zero. Uh, but I do know from experience that when you're deep in debt, whatever deep in debt means to you, because deep in debt could mean $1,000 on your credit card or it could mean $25,000 on the credit card um, or a combination of student loans, you know, whatever the consumer debt may be. But I do know that once you're deep down to go out for another dinner for $50, what does it matter? Right. That's the mindset you get. Well, right. I'm so far in debt. I'm never going to see the light of day. So it doesn't matter. Although it does matter because it's the mentality of, well, I already have cancer. Why should I quit smoking? Yes, because those little incremental things are likely how you got deep in debt in the first place. So if you can just stop the leak, right, plug that leak and just start moving forward. I equate it more or, or liken it more to hemorrhaging. You, you can hemorrhage on the inside of your body and, and not little. know it. Yeah, little and by little. And then suddenly one day you're passing out and you know they, they open you up and they look at you and they go, huh, you've been hemorrhaging and you don't even realize it. And look, we, we have done that. with We've talked about this many times on, on this podcast of the little incrementals of, all right, well, we're, we're doing this and we're so busy, so we're going to go out to eat. And well, before you yes, know it. But even though we're not putting ourselves into credit card debt to do those things. But no. you're right. They are. No, that's, I'm giving an example. Money leaks. Of, right. I'm money giving leaks. an example yes. of the hemorrhaging yes. where you're, you're getting almost a pleasure out of it. So you don't really see that it's a problem. Yes. And no, correct. We, we are not heaping anything on credit cards and credit card debt. However, that 40 or $50 that we spent could easily go to somewhere else. But what we're talking about in this episode is is that heavy debt where people just realize or think, I'm never getting out of this and, and that it's never going to be alleviated. And there are those that hopefully are listening to this that are saying, well, I, I do want out, but you, we have a society where everything is a quick fix. You can take a pill for happiness. You can take a pill to lose weight. Everything is quick overnight. Do you have crushing credit card debt? Do you, or do you owe back taxes to the IRS? <laughs> With one phone call, we can fix that problem. No, they can't. That's all part of something too, because you're going to pay those people money. A lot of times that is a the case. A lot yeah. of the times that is the case. So it's more debt on top of debt. And then you've got people that, for example, in some states, debt is just a part of, of life where they've got let's say a, a low paying job and they get a speeding ticket. By the time that they try to pay that ticket, there are court costs and everything else. So a $75 or $100 speeding ticket can end up costing them $1,000 by the time legal fees and court costs are figured in. And, and some people don't know how to fight that and they go, I, I just can't win. So then I lose my license then I can't drive, then I can't get, get to work. It, it, it's a snowball effect. And, and that's not for everybody. What I'm trying to say I guess for this podcast is, yes, we've all been there. And and the government itself sets a hell of an example. Yeah, that's true. You know, I can remember back when I was in college, I was getting myself into debt. I was in a relationship I shouldn't have been in. And, you know, it was just 
the whole, like the big picture of my life wasn't good, right? So I think when you know, like if you're in a bad relationship, I feel like for me, it didn't matter as much that I wasn't doing the right things with my money. Like I wanted to be saving and I want, and I was saving, I was contributing to my retirement accounts, but I was in my early twenties. Um, yeah, I guess just graduating college at this point. Well, let's look at the psychology of that for a minute. You're, you you admitted right here, you were in a bad relationship. Yeah, yeah. And we all know shopping or buying brings us it's pleasure. therapy. What do it they call therapy. it? Right, retail therapy retail or whatever therapy. they call it. So you went out and bought off some of your unhappiness. I would. I would, I would buy things. clothes. I would buy tech gadgets. I would buy just whatever, right? Because... Because it did, it brought me little pieces of joy here and there that overshadowed or kind of put a band-aid on really what I should have been focusing on, which was getting out of that relationship. Which was harder yes. than simply buying it off. Of course. And and because the other person in the relationship, he was not focused on his money. We could never sit down and have a honest heart-to-heart conversation about our money and what we saw for the future. He just didn't want to hear that. He was spend, spend, spend. And when whenever we went out to dinner with our friends, which was often, it was often because I think we both were not so happy in the relationship. So going out with friends made us mm-hmm. both happier because you have all the distractions of your friends and then we all get to get along and right. We're all getting along, but our friends couldn't afford to go out all the time. And that was very apparent when almost every single night you start to hear, and I'm not kidding. It was almost every single night we went out. (laughs) You start to hear, Oh, I forgot my wallet. Oh, I don't have my bag. Like you only have to hear that so many times until you just say, Hey, let's go out our treat. So we started paying and that started to consume a ton of money, but it kept us happy, quote unquote happy. It kept us together, which was a lot less threatening than facing a breakup. Well, and let's facing face it, the finances. cooking at home and preparing food at home means you actually have to talk to each other <laughs> yes. and sit across from each yes. other and deal with each other. So yes. it's much easier to stay in this bad relationship by just going out and buying off that unhappiness right. by also buying other people dinners because that also makes you feel good, right? right? I sure. can do these things. Sure. I'm a nice person. I just bought these people dinner. What a great time. But you still, at the end of the night, have to go home with each other. Yeah. And you take... Yeah that debt with you and those bills with you on those charge cards now, when you go home. a lot of times, I love that you call them charge cards, by the way. <laughs> We're so Gen X, aren't we? <laughs> but a lot of times when we would go out to eat, I would not pay. He would use his credit card to pay for the dinner. So I was not, I was not racking up that debt, but I did see it happening and I would bring it up. Like, why do you constantly do this? Why? And before I left the relationship, I think the credit card debt was probably around 25 grand. And a lot of that was things like the dinners and hosting pool parties because we put in a pool at the house. And let's talk about that for a minute. You put in a pool, which probably was an expense of 45 to 50,000 up. It was an in-ground pool. It was 60. 60, It was 60. But here's the thing. It was paid for. So, okay. (laughs) Our finances were not completely together they really weren't together at all they were separate um 
even though we were engaged, but we didn't really have a date or anything like that, so with good reason. <laughs> but so he sold his townhouse, and that was, I don't know, mid-2000s, and he got a nice chunk of change from that. But instead of putting that chunk of change onto the new house, he just put a little onto the new house and saved that that big chunk, the 60 grand, and he spent it on a pool. So, yes. Yeah. So, and my but point what came the, along with that pool, go ahead. Well, I was going to say my point of the pool was is to attract more people yes. around you yes. so the two of you don't have yes. a Sunday where you have to sit right. around and look at each other. Because he worked six days a week. Except for Sundays. Right. So Sunday in the summer was a standing invitation for all of our friends to just drop in. And serve, party. As, and serve as buffers. Yes, serve as buffers. And we had we had the hot dogs, the hamburgers, the corn on the cob. And yes, this is not like we're not serving like filet or anything. However, it was still pricey to and do it that. Adds up. It, it was still pricey to do the hot dogs and the hamburgers for, you know, 10 people every Sunday. So Right, do that four times in a month and you almost have a mortgage payment. Yeah. So um by the time I left, I think his his card was upwards of 25 grand and I had some myself. Um I did leave with some cash though that I had put into the house, but I, I literally left with nothing. Four lawn chairs, two cats, started over in an apartment which I didn't need to to rent because I had a house that I was renting to my parents. And even though I didn't want to live with my parents, even though it was my house, so I moved into this apartment, which that meant I had to stop contributing to my retirement accounts. Mm-hmm. I Because I could really not afford an apartment and the house that I was paying for my parents, that I was subsidizing for my parents. And I had to buy everything that I needed. I needed a bed. I needed the TV. I needed towels. I needed sheets. I needed silverware. You were I ne- starting all over. I literally started over. At like so what 30 would you say your net worth was at this point? Uh, I, I don't really like to talk specific numbers. I was not negative. I wasn't negative because I did have quite a few years of saving in my... Well, the, really what I was getting at is the number is is immaterial. The point is you had a, a low net worth financially, but yet as a human being, your worth was solid because you knew that you had to get out of this. You were on your way, even though it looked like you threw yourself deeper down a hole, you were actually on your way to repairing the problems at hand. Yes, that's in retrospect. That was not in I the moment. In the moment, I felt like a failure. Mm-hmm. I felt like... I couldn't do anything right. I felt like the apartment was another mistake. You know, as time went on and years passed and I was still not contributing anything to my retirement accounts, I wasn't even getting the company match. It was easy for me to feel terrible about myself. And so I'm saying, I know how you feel if you're in debt and you feel like you made these mistakes and you don't know what to do and you don't know which way is up. So I know how that feels. It's easy for me to sit here from a point of clarity and look back on that and say, you know what? No, I didn't contribute to my retirement accounts, but I also needed that time to reinvent myself. So it was not a mistake. It was exactly what I needed. And I should have been feeling fabulous about myself at that time because I really was transforming my life. But it's hard to see that in the moment. So do you have any 
specific examples on your end where you had? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I mentioned in a previous podcast when I was down deep in debt, and that was I discovered the wonder of credit cards. Let's just say I had one of the worst credit cards to start my credit building up because it was one of those credit cards where you have to pay the moment the bill comes in and you have to pay it in full. Not that you pay $10 on $500 or $25 on $1,000. If, if you charged $5,000 in a month, when that bill comes in, you pay $5,000. And this is when you're rebuilding? This after? was before I started rebuilding. So I threw oh, so you myself were still in the debt. Right. As I had mentioned in, in previous podcasts, I, I went into credit card debt. I bought technology equipment, um, you know, for video editing and all of that. And uh, threw myself probably in, in addition to a new car, I'm going to say I was probably 30, 40 grand into debt wow. somewhere in there. Wow. Wow. And that included having a girlfriend. Uh, going out, getting dinners, and, and not just any dinners, but, you know, sit down, leave big tip dinners. <laughs> it wasn't fast food. It wasn't like grabbing a burger here and These there. These are like candlelit Candlelit, sit-down dinners, New Year's Eve <laughs> celebration dinners. You need a reservation to get in. And I would do that at New Year's Eve. Oh, don't worry. I, I got it. I got this. And you just hand that piece of plastic. and You would do that for a, a group? I would not for a whole group, but I would do it for some people. Yeah, that it's yeah, like, oh, yeah. listen, you know, you helped me out a couple months ago here consider this a payback gotcha that kind of stuff you know and you're just flaunting that plastic money so by the time I was turning 22 23 I I was a good 35 40 grand into debt and and going deeper and that was just the credit just credit card debt credit card technology car loans student loans student loans I had okay so that was everything uh, rolled up into one it wasn't all my student loans that was just here, when I say student loan, let me clarify. <laughs> and I had said this before, and that is I had picked up paying for classes for my girlfriend. <laughs> right. I had previously screwed up college at Penn State, <laughs> and I was not in college at this time. I was running a movie theater in a local mall. However, I was pretty much paying for this girl's most of her education courses. So when and I say student debt, I had her debt. Let me ask, I mean... I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this. <laughs> Did this girlfriend turn into a wife? No. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and she almost did. Okay. Well, I, I considered okay. getting a ring. Well, that makes us, that makes it a little bit better. However, I, you know, to not to recap all of that, um, the the story goes where one afternoon I started seeing someone else. I broke up with this girl. And uh, maybe about a year later, I started seeing someone else and I thought, I'm really going to have something possibly with this girl. But the problem is she's, number one, not going to marry a movie theater manager. Not that there's anything wrong with that. but That, was, that was in your head. That was you, in my head. That's not what you wanted to be Correct. for your life. And then yeah. the other thing was, she's not going to marry somebody with this, this huge black hole of debt. And I remember taking my fire safe... <laughs> out of my closet and opening it up and I pulled out everyone I owed money to and it was like tarot cards on the floor and I just started calling people and said I'm done running and what inspired it was I got a phone call from the loan company that the finance company with those high interest rates and I had borrowed that money to buy my equipment 
they were calling my house basically harassing me. So let me ask you, what did you how did you feel about yourself when you were in the debt and you weren't facing it? I can tell you real simply, when I laid all that debt out on the floor, I cried. Oh. I did. I cried. But, okay, so at the end of that session, that first time that you pulled those bills out and mm-hmm. you kind of came up with a semblance of a plan, mm-hmm. did you were you feeling better? I was feeling better because I was I felt in control now. So I, I took within some kind what, of within control. an hour? I would say within an hour or so, yeah. I, I felt good, especially after I made those phone calls to MasterCard and, and you know other places. So let me make this point to the listeners out there now. I feel like just listening to this podcast is that moment for them. Mm. Like they, I want you, if you're listening and you're in debt, to feel like this is my moment of I'm starting to face my situation and I'm going to make a plan. Yeah. Right? So yes. stop feeling the fear. Stop feeling the dread and start feeling fabulous because you're going to... I wouldn't even use the word fabulous. Fabulous is great. If that's going to make you feel better and that word well, works for you, I get it. I get it. <laughs> However, feel in control. Don't let these people control you. Don't let those papers sitting in a drawer in a safe on your countertop you know, when you look at them and you feel that acid reek in the pit of your stomach because you look at it and you go, my God, I know what's in that envelope and, and it's not pleasant. Um, that doesn't control you and your debt does not define you. So we, we've we all screwed up. We've all made mistakes. We all spend for whatever reasons that we do. Yes. Some of us, it's not even credit card debt. Some of you listening, you have house debt. You right. have you I mean, look, kinds. it could be, it it's circumstantial, right? Like right. it could be a situation out of your control. It could be you're, you were in an emotional, you know, situation or relationship that just, it led you down this path. Or you know what? It could have just been that you were irresponsible, right? right. It's that I mean, simple. And you, there's no, there's no crime for And that. that's okay. It's so all right. Be it. We've all been irresponsible. So be it. It's the past. Let the past be the past and learn from it and take control now and start making a plan. Making a plan, the first step in that is what? Making a budget, right? Correct. So you, I mean, I recommend definitely before you make a budget, you can throw, you can, you can, Google budget, right? You'll have a million free printables to download. Uh, but, but before, before you the, do before that, before the budget, yeah, for me, yeah, I started making a list of where I was wasting all well, my exactly, money. Exactly, that's exactly what where I, I was to hemorrhaging. Say. So and I started covering those wounds. You really need to look at like the past two to three months and like pull out your bank statements, pull out your credit cards, um, try to guess guesstimate but with some accuracy how much cash you're spending i know a lot of people don't spend a lot of cash these days because everything's a debit card or a credit card or whatever but you have to know where your money's going before you can direct it somewhere else if you just print out a budget and start like putting numbers down you're not going to you're not going to meet that budget and and you're going to feel like you failed so you have to know oh wow i'm actually spending $650 a month on eating out. Right. Like you have to know that. You right. can't just go by your guess of I think it's 250 because I'm willing to bet whatever you think you're spending, it's more. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. And I, I remember a doctor told me when my mom uh, was dying of emphysema and she went to the doctors and the doctor asked her, 
well, how, how much do you smoke a day? And she said, oh, maybe one, maybe one and a half cigarettes a day. And I said, well, doc, that's a lie. She's smoking at least three. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, the doctor said to me, he said, I always listen to what a patient says, and I pretty much always double it. <laughs> Whatever they tell me they're doing, I pretty much double it. So back to the budgets. How did your, before we get on to your budget, how you made your budget, did you know that our partners over at Debt.com, they have free resources you can use. They have free calculators you can use. Uh, if you have, if you want to know how long it's going to take you to pay off your debt, you can just plug your numbers in there. Mm. Highly recommend heading over there, just checking out their calculator. I wish I had a resource like Debt.com. I know. Before Me too. This, we're talking this was the early 90s. Me too. And you know what else? I I was on their site just perusing some information. They have... Um, they have a survey that they did this year, and it said all about budgets, right? Most people think that you should have a budget, but they don't have one themselves. Mm-hmm. So they feel like other people should have a budget, but they don't have one. Right. <laughs> and there are a lot of people out there that think they don't make enough money for a budget, which is absolutely ridiculous. Everybody, regardless of your income, could benefit from a budget. Growing up, we were broke and my mother had a budget. Yes, yes. I think it's especially important if, you're, if your income is on the lower end of the spectrum. Uh, but so how did you make your budget? Was it pen and paper? It was pen and paper. <laughs> it, it definitely was pen and paper. I mean, I, I had on one side everything where I was wasting money. And, and that included buying a, a VHS tape at that time. Up at, <laughs> it was called, uh, it's gone now, um, Suncoast Video. And they were in the mall. Was that a chain? It was a chain. I, I, I think yeah, we had gone. one too. They're yeah, gone. I think we had one too. So uh, safe to mention that. Most video chains uh, right. are all, 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 Pretty much all VHS. Although I think there's one blockbuster There's one left. blockbuster. In Australia? I, I thought it was Alaska. I think it's, I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't. Um, so yes, I, I put pen to paper saw where I was hemorrhaging, that was the number one, and then dressed those wounds to stop that hemorrhaging. And then I I fell back after making a budget, well, I need X for car payment, I need X for rent, and my contribution to cable, and all of that stuff. The the number one thing I always remember my mother telling me is, always put your money back for your rent, because you always need a roof over your head. Yep. So you may not have enough food, you may not be able to drive, but you need a roof over your head for a, a safe place and a clean place to sleep and shower. And I know you didn't do this, but you didn't have an emergency fund. You didn't have I any did cash. You were so, there so no intense in going after your debt that Correct. every single penny you had. Every single but penny. But for me, I think it's... I I think it's good to have at least a little bit of a cushion, even if it's just a few hundred dollars. Um, if you can get more, that's great. But because when you do have something like a car repair, or you have, like like you went to you went to a wedding, right? Or you get sick. Yeah, you need like it feels so defeating. At least it well, would and, for and me. Speaking of defeated, to to I put, put that back on so a much card. money back to, to my bills to pay off my debt that there were some weeks I barely had $10 to my name. And as I had mentioned before, I went to that wedding, my brother's wedding, (laughs) in which I had to borrow $50 from my girlfriend to put in a card. And then I paid her back the following week when I got paid. So it was a paycheck to paycheck living system. And it took me 
close to two and a half, three years to pay it all off. That's not bad, though. That's a great debt um, debt story. Yeah, but it took everything that I but had. But still, $40,000 in, yeah. in two and a half years, that's... Wow, we should do a we should do a post on that, right? Well, we can. <laughs> well, we I did a podcast on it. <laughs> put everything out there in public of my abject stupidity and, <laughs> and irresponsibility. But that's how you felt, right? That's how you felt. Look, you didn't anybody feel listening, good about listen, listen, anybody listening, I can tell you, I, I'm not joking. I cried on that floor, yeah. And I can tell you, it was in January. It was a Saturday in January. I can tell you what the weather was like. The sun was like. As I sat there and put my head in my hands and openly wept when I finally started calculating up those balances and saw what I owed. And I had nothing to show for it. Living with a bunch of roommates in a frat boy style life, I I didn't have anything back for it. I didn't even have an investment of any kind. Right. And I'm, I'm in my 20s at that point, heading toward 30. I don't have a college degree. I, I, I'm running a movie theater that I used to work in when I was an usher growing up in high school. Talking about making movies Talking yourself. about making movies, okay? <laughs> I, I, I was in, I, I don't know if it was rock bottom, but you know, it was pretty, it was pretty low. I can tell you that. Yeah. Well, but look at you now. Yeah, I guess look at me now. I I turned it all around. However, if you're driving down the road right now and not knowing how you're going to get your next tank of gas or get your car inspected or your bumper's about to fall off (laughs) or or anything like that, look, I've been there. Right. And and if you don't know how you're going to pay the rent or pay the mortgage or feed the kids or pay for a birthday that's coming up, look, I've been there. I know it. But I am telling you as someone who did it, and I, I didn't have a wealthy family to fall back on. So I, I don't want to hear this, oh, you know, you had privilege or anything like that. I had nothing to fall back on but myself. And I had to pull myself up by the bootstraps and take money. And, and I used the envelope system. I love the envelope My system. My mother always taught me the envelope system. And I'm telling you, when you put that cash in, think of cash and carry. And that is... When you put that cash in and you're looking at it and you're physically putting it away, that's the problem with debit cards and also, of course, without saying charge cards or credit cards. And that is with debit cards, it just makes it so easy to swipe and pay. Well, yeah, there's right? studies studies have of shown that you pay. I think, I think... It's akin to gambling. It's like... I think you spend... I, I want to say it's 18%. Don't quote me on that. Like 18% more when you use a credit card or debit card because it's not... Emotional. Well, and it's not just emotional. When you emotional. hand over cash, it's emotional. Right. When you see that stack of cash going down or that wallet yes. emptying out, yes. you're like, uh-oh. Right. Better put on the brakes. Right. But when you're not seeing it firsthand and all they do is you swipe that card, they give you a receipt and you go, oh, okay. It's not real. It's not real. Then when you go to look at your balance and you get that either in the mail <laughs> or go online, you go, oh. oh. <laughs> then it's a real. different oh. Before it was, oh, okay. Now right. it's, oh, God. So yeah, so what do we what do we recommend? Like face your situation. Look at the debt. Uh go online, check out some of these tools and don't beat yourself up. Right. Right, you're starting to take control, so start to feel fabulous about that. Right. And get a support system. Talk to somebody about this. I'm willing to bet that friend you have that you think is all put together or relative they might have debt too. In fact, they might be drowning in it. You never really know someone's situation. But 
aside from that, just find somebody that you trust, you can confide in, you can kind of, someone that will help you stay accountable and motivated. And here's another thing I want to mention. There's an app coming out. It's called Supporty. So support with an I on the end, Supporty. It's not yet launched, but it's like an accountability thing. So they'll match you up. Like you create an avatar and things. You sign up. You I think it's a low monthly fee, but they have a lot of tools again. Um, but you create an avatar, and they're not sponsoring this, by the way. I just I just think it's an awesome tool that's gonna that's okay. about to drop. Um, so they link you up with somebody that's in the same sort of situation, has the same goal. So the goals last per week, right? So for the week, if you wanna if you're saving toward an emergency fund of ten thousand dollars and you know you you have somebody else that is doing something similar they'll link you guys up and you you check in each day with your accountability partner and you motivate each other and you keep going at the end of the week if you like your partnership you keep the same buddy and you keep moving forward if not they'll match up with somebody that that might be a better fit but i do i think it's fantastic and you can sign up um you can sign up to be notified when they do launch, which is going to be pretty soon, I think. I think that's cool. That's great. Yeah, I think it's I, cool. I wish I had for, these kind for of someone resources. That, maybe, maybe you don't want to talk to anybody about this. Maybe you don't right. want to, maybe you don't think you have anybody you can confide in. So you could use something like that. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. I, maybe I wouldn't have cried as hard on that floor. <laughs> there is, I think there is a fee going to be associated with, but I don't think it's very much, but you know. So th- those are my those are my tips for the day. I think even if you have debt, you should feel fabulous about yourself and start making a plan to to get out of it and and start changing your life. You are in control. The debt does not <laughs> control you. Yes. And that's all I have. Do you have any parting words? Well, I guess you just said it. That that's what I said, and I mean <laughs> it. I I can't be more yeah, sincere. Right. Look, we're we're not gaining anything out of this. We're we're talking to the void is what it is. We don't know who's listening. We don't know where you right. are. We don't know what time it is right. that you're listening to this. Um, but if if you have that feeling where there are just days you want to cry, look, I've been there. I get it. Turn it around. You can turn it around. And even drop us a line. Or if drop you, us a if line. If you feel like you have no one, you know, feel free to email us and give us the lowdown. We'll give you some support and some kind words back. We'll hold a light up in the dark. (laughs) Yes. All right. We're going to sign off. So good luck. We'll talk to you later. Uh, Head on over to iTunes and give us a like and a review. And if you want to read our blog, it's madmoneymonster.com. And we are all over social media at madmoneymonster. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at themadmoneymonster at gmail.com.